In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Have you ever been invited into something different than what your expectations were? Huh, let me think about that. <laughs> well, welcome to GirlfriendIt.com. We're Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, and this is a great place to, as we say, girlfriendify your life. And uh, we uh, like to dialogue here and dialogue with girlfriends, so we've kind of put those two words together, and we say we girlfriendalog. Girlfriendalog. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, let's go back to, your, to the question that you just asked. Have you ever been invited into something that was different than what your expectations were? Well, like this Saturday night, can I invite you into going to the Rock Along Productions event at the Madcap Theater in downtown Tempe? Um, there's going to be a live band, incredible movie, happy hour, lots and lots and lots of tons and tons and tons of fun. I really do appreciate the invite, and I love it, and it's, it is going to be a blast, and it sounds like a ton of fun with a oh, bunch of girlfriends. Be. But you know what? Actually, I had the opportunity to meet with Sarah Palin. Well, not meet with her, but go to an event and hopefully get to meet her. You might, you might meet her. Well, you know, I'm hoping for that, so maybe I can, uh, I'll tell you, have some Sarah Palin stories next week. You never know. Because you never want to um, miss an opportunity. We know that about you. Well, and speaking of missing opportunities or having opportunities that we didn't want to miss, let's let's go back to last Saturday, and uh, that was that was kind of an interesting because we had a we had a really funny experience that now we we were laughing at the time and we are laughing now, and it's one of those things we just love a good story and it does create a good story. So I want to um, well we we had been meeting with investors. And um, just trying to um, promote Girlfriend It. And in, in the meantime, and it's been in the last year, a couple years, we've had a lot of people that um, we're, we were meeting with and that believe in us. And um, this was one of those people that we thought we could um, meet with that was interested in um, investing and perhaps giving us uh, a little bit of a revenue stream to support the show and, and the website. So we got really, really, really excited about this opportunity. Well, and it was somebody that we've known for a while and kind of have developed a relationship with. And so it was interesting. So we were we were really, really excited about that. And like we said, we live in the world of, of possibilities, and everything is a possibility. And it kind of gets a, that adrenaline rush going. So we were really anticipating and, and pretty excited about this. Well, and you know, you know it's something very exciting if significant things happen, like when you add extra mascara when you're getting ready, and you actually ironed your outfit. <laughs> and you know what's significant? Because it was a Saturday morning when generally you're at the gym working, and, and I'm out garage sailing, and so it's really a kickback day. 
and a, and a family day. So the fact that we were kind of dogging all of our passions yes, to, to run to this event and go to it, and it was amazing because you did have your little extra mascara thing going on <laughs> in my clothes. Um, and then I also realized that it was um, that we were quite giddy, I must say, because I have a, like, 10-minute drive to your house to come pick you up, and in that 10 minutes, I do think you called me three times <laughs> to check on where I was. You weren't driving fast enough. <laughs> well, it was so funny because it's like I go, I'm coming around the corner. I didn't even have to. I just knew what you were, what, what you were wanting. And then I knew it was, gonna, it was significant because we were in the car and I'm driving, and you were literally, we're singing to the songs on the radio, and we're like, oh, happy day, and you're clapping like a, like a six-year-old, and it's like, it, you kept saying, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. Talk about really having high expectations. <laughs> we did indeed. And um, we were told to go to this hotel, this very fancy hotel, because there were a few people that we were supposed to meet um, with. It was a, a business presentation, and we were going to um, hopefully get a chance to, to share what we do. And lo and behold, we went into this ballroom area. It was not really um, what we had anticipated. Instead, it was a presentation for... Well, I must interrupt you because what was funny is we were told we were supposed to meet these two different people, and we didn't know who they were, who we were looking for. And and so you find yourself... I remember you comment and you go, you know when you don't know who you're meeting, you are the friendliest person in the world because we were like... <laughs> you know, everybody would, could have been these people that we were meeting, and it was a ballroom of probably 600 people. And so we're walking around just very friendly, which we would be normally anyway, but you're really aware of how you're, you're really smiling from the inside out because you don't know who you could be meeting these people. You had an extra smile on your face. <laughs> uh, so as, as we go into this um, area here, there was a presentation being given, and it ended up being um, a multi-level marketing presentation, which is fine. We don't have a problem with that at all. Um, nothing wrong with that. It was just the fact that, um, we had different expectations, right? And so um, this just made us laugh and laugh and laugh, and uh, it was it was just hysterical <laughs> when we realized, okay, we've been invited, we had high expectations, we were anticipating um, going, and then to realize that we probably should have asked better questions. Well, and you know what? There really is a lot of power in questions mm-hmm. and asking the right questions. And um, I know some of you are listening going, how did you guys not ask the right questions? You're, you're talking about us behind our backs. And you know what? You're, it is. It's hard to know all the questions to ask and to really anticipate the questions and the answers to what you're getting into. And sometimes you just have to go just not knowing all, all, the, all the answers or and we even do the that. questions. And we, we do, do that, that way too much because mm-hmm. we just jump in, you know, by faith. And, uh, and sometimes that works. Sometimes it works, and always hindsight. You can always, you know, ask better questions, and as they say, hindsight is always twenty twenty vision. And that is, is exactly what we're going to be talking about today is some of the gals that, that we have met and some of the gals that um, we hear about, um, they jump in to these exciting invitations, invitations and with great... Uh, anticipation, and they think they're going to be promised a modeling career, or um, we're going to, you know, you have beautiful eyes, you have beautiful hair, we can make a lot of money together, and sometimes it's just as simple as there's a bunch of guys that are going to a party, can we meet you guys in California, you know, let's do a drive, let's go, you know, to some event, a concert. Well, and what we're talking about today is, is it's going to be a tough subject. 
And, but it's one that affects all of our communities that no one is immune from. And what we're going to be talking about today is rape for profit. And it truly is an epidemic. And I, I know you hear about, you know, you see some of the TV shows, some of the specials about talking about the sex trafficking. And so many times I think even from my lens, you, you always associate it with that's overseas, that's in Thailand, that's in, you know, Hong Kong, that's in all these foreign places. But the reality is that it's happening in our own backyards, in our own community, and so many times we are unaware of it. And so we really want to, in this next few moments that we have together, is really create that awareness, educate um, each other on what is really going places, because this is horrific what is happening um, in our own communities. It is horrific, and it's, it's almost overwhelming, like you said. Uh, I know we posted the question even on our Facebook. We said... Uh, what would you do if you knew someone was being abused down the street? A child was being abused. A yeah. child was being abused down the street. And within, like, 10 minutes, there was, you know, 30-plus posts on the Facebook status. And most people took it literally like someone was being um, physically abused and you needed to call 911, you needed to get involved, you can encourage this person. I, I mean, it was really interesting, um, all the comments. Well, it hit a nerve. And, and especially when you're talking about children, and that's what we're talking about today is, is the sex trafficking among, among minors and children. And, and they, the average age of child prostitution is 13. And it's not because these children want to become a prostitute, want to be pimped. Um, and we're talking about some tough language. They're, they're being um, coerced. And I think that's the word really. And lured into something that they're being promised one thing, and the reality is so much different. Well, because there's so much money involved here, I know that um, we've seen statistics that the total market value of illicit human trafficking is estimated to be in excess of $32 billion, and they say it's, it's even bypassed the drug industry. I mean, it's, you know, where there's money, there's yeah. going to be people doing all kinds of weird, bizarre things. Well, and you know what? We, we tend to think, like I said, that it's overseas, it's somewhere else, and it's like, how does that happen? I think, I think that's what, and even as we talk with, we've been talking with women, and the more we talk about this with women, the more women are like, it really does um, charge you up inside because you just want to go, not, not our kids. And it's really, if we think we are a community living together, these are our babies. These are our, our children. And as moms, you know, we've we got to protect our own kids, but we also have to look out for each other's kids. And well, be aware. And a perfect example of this, like you're saying, um, just being aware. I know I had a girlfriend share with me that she was, um, well, it was her friend that was allowing her daughter to go from school, walk down to the nearby Dairy Queen and hang out there because there were some other kids that would hang out in the corner. They would buy an ice cream. Then they would go in the bathroom, change their clothes from their school clothes into their dance outfit, and then they would walk down um, to the dance studio and, you know, take their whatever, their hour, two-hour dance. And unbelievable, because this is really what we've, we've come to where we let other people kind of do our, our babysitting. And, I, and, and she was, you know, 10 years old, so, you know, way too young. Vulnerable. To, yes. And um, not only that, was wearing her key all blinged up around her neck where they put the whole necklace thing with all their fun which is so advertising yeah. to people that, you know, someone can watch that and see this system. And that's what happens. They, they are, it, the malls are perfect targets and, and just even public places where you think, oh, they just blend in. But 
what they are, they're, they're being these, um, these pimps are using other kids even to lure other kids into it. And it looks so innocent and it's just normal conversations. And, and I think so many times um, kids and even moms, we just think, um, oh, it can't happen to me and it won't happen. But hang in here with us because we're going to share some stories. It's even affected us. And even our own and our own kids to some degree. And so we are so excited to have Susan Avanchi. She's the director of development of IJM, and we are going to have her just kind of breathe into uh, this subject here. And we just have to end on this quote: "All that is necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing." So we are excited to have Susan. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginap. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking, and then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get ready to get busy with Getting It Done. Getting It Done with Jill Staroshevsky, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We'll be bringing you moms and dads who are getting it done. Parents who have a lot on their plate but still manage to go that extra mile to accomplish things that they have long dreamed of. Well, how do they do that? Well, that's what this is for. The goal is to educate, motivate, encourage, and support the multitasker in all of us. Whether it's that book that you've been meaning to write, that business that you've been hoping to start, that dish that you've been striving to master, getting it done is here to help make it happen. Motivating you to get started, encouraging you to keep going, providing tips and advice on how to keep the kids happy, healthy, and safe while getting it done and done well. Learn from fellow moms and dads who are getting it done and learn about yourself along the way. It's Jill Staroshevsky and Safety Mom Media bringing out the stars in all of us. It's Getting It Done with Jill Staroshevsky Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we are going to just dive into our subject today, which is we're talking about rape for profit, an epidemic. And it truly is an epidemic. And with us right now is Susan Ivanchi 
who is the Director of Development for International Justice Mission, or IJM as, as we um, often hear it called. And International Justice Mission is a human rights agency that um, it really is an advocate for victims of slavery and sexual exploitation and other forms of violent oppression. And IJM has lawyers and investigators and aftercare professionals who work with um, local officials, and, and they just... They're just out there in the front lines and the trenches really tackling the subject all over the world. So, Susan, we're excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be with you. And my last name is Ivan C., so just wanted to let you know that. I used to let it go all the time, and people said, no, let people know so they pronounce your name right. So just wanted to let <laughs> okay, you know so the, that. Okay, so the reason why that makes it so funny is that we actually go back several years <laughs> in our friendship. So we have to say that we didn't know your last name because you recently got married. So okay. that's why we have a hard time with that name. <laughs> so we are so excited to have you on, Susan. You have to tell us a little bit about why you got involved with IJM. Well, I was just innocently, unsuspectingly at a dinner that was in D.C., and a friend had invited me that I was doing some professional coaching of and happened to go, and Gary Haugen was being honored for his leadership. And they introduced IJM, and not only did he speak of the work, but as they showed the work that they've done on a video, I just was taken back by the awareness or lack thereof that I had of this going on. And the best way I can describe it is God just nudged me and put me emotionally on the edge of my chair to say, you know what, I don't want to wait until I retire to do something about this. And so I literally started wanting to give and be a donor, and then it ended up where IJM and I connected, and they asked if I would join the team, and here I am a couple years later being a part of some of the most humble heroes I've ever met, but that's really how I got involved is hearing about it and saying, you know what, God gave me the sense of urgency and I really want to be able to do something about it now. You know what, and that is so significant. So many times when we hear things and it really touches our heart and it stirs our, our soul, we'll put it on the shelf and we'll go, okay, later and I'll, I'll think about that more. But I love when you said I had to do something now. And, and you engaged, and, and you know, you asked, probably asked questions, the right questions, which we've been talking about, the power of a good question, and got involved. And, um, you know, we are personally such supporters of this um, organization because we had Gary out to speak at our church a couple of years ago and, and got, you know, exposed to it that way. And it is significant what is happening within IJM and what you guys are all doing. Um, why don't you share a little bit of background of how IJM started, just so people can kind of become familiar with the organization, and then we'll kind of go into some of the things that you guys are doing. Absolutely. IJM actually got started uh, by Gary, and it was a couple of years that he really just, God had put this on his heart. He had would, was the investigator that was appointed by D.C. to go over and lead the Rwandan genocide investigation. And in he, when he was over there, heard and found out about these stories and what was going on and just thought, who's doing something about this? And there wasn't anybody. And so Gary started it up. You know, he was employee number one, as he often will say, out of their guest bedroom in their home and started it. And so IJM has been in operation officially since 1997, and since that time has now 17 field offices across 13 countries and over almost 400 
affiliates that we have that work for IJM and are a part of the mission. And so, I mean, it shows you how God's hand has been on this, but also just what a need there's been that it could grow that much. And I'm just so proud to say of them that since the inception of IJM and the beginning of the operations, over 14,138 people have come to know freedom because of IJM. Wow. Okay, that is, that is so powerful to hear that. Can you share, just like start with one story? Because that's, that's what inspires people is to hear those stories that you really can matter and you really can make a difference because you, you have a tendency to look at, oh, wow, you know, one out of every five women are raped. Well, what can we actually, you know, do about that? So can you just share a success story? Yes, and I also want to share, too, because we work with, you know, we're a group of lawyers, criminal investigators, social workers who work with the local authorities right in their own countries, and 90% of our staff in the field are national. So these are national leaders that are working Mm. right within their own country to change the course of history. And so our work is not only working with sex trafficking, but it's cases of slavery, sexual violence, illegal detention, police abuse and theft of widow's home and land, where if you can imagine you have a widow where if any of you lost your husband, people would come in and throw you out of your house and take it and take your land. So not only have you become a widow, but now you have no home, therefore you have no way to provide for your children. They have no shelter, and because of the fact their land is often what they farm to be able to have the very thing that brings them their whatever they can survive on is now gone and there's not, no one that will do anything about it until IJM came along. So I, I share that because it's amazing how broad of areas that there are as sex mm-hmm. trafficking is, is such a vital one. But one that comes to mind um, is with a young woman that I had a chance to meet, Elena, and she was living in a situation where um, through her family she came into um, really being able to be sexually abused and having a horrible situation where she was a young girl from a poor family. The assailant was a man of influence in the community, and because of his position on the police force, no one wanted to speak up. And, of course, she remained silent for months just because the the pain and the humiliation of the assault were just compounded by the fact that there wasn't any response to it. And mm-hmm. so, as you can imagine, a young girl going through this, and we're here if this happened, not only would it be you know, that she would be heard and listened to and not afraid to speak up. But somebody like that, no matter what their position and power or authority, that they would be prosecuted for it. For her, it was the fact of what will happen to them. And so here this young girl went to court and had to tell this over many months because the court system is different where, you know, we might go to court for a few days here in the States where they may go once a month So it may be for months or for a year that she's having to go and tell her story and go through this. And so after she has done this and stood up, it was amazing because there was an official complaint that was filed against this person that seeked his dismissal from the the, uh, Philippine National Police that he was a part of the force. And it took more than four years of advocacy on her behalf. I mean, when you think about anyone who's gone through four years of college or, you know, raising a baby who's in those stages that are tough, you know, think about going through where you have to tell a story of abuse and and rape during this time. And so for her to go through that, but her abuser ended up being dismissed from the force. And because to this day, this young girl who had no voice is now a young woman, 
presence with a strong passion for IJM. She's worked at the IJM Aftercare Center, which can you imagine to the young girls that are there that have been victims that have been rescued, that here they have one of their own, and she's yeah, now I, attending college oh. majors in mass communications. Mm. Yeah, and then they, they, I mean, I'm sure there's so much fear in, you know, standing up and, and having a voice, but when they see that there's hope there and here's someone that it, it worked for, um, that just has to be tremendous. Well, and you know what, several things that you're saying, but even this, um, the slavery, you know, you hear that word and it takes you back to the, to the Civil War times here, um, you know, in our own country. And, and we tend to look at our country and, and modern day and you go, slavery doesn't exist, you know, and you, you hear that from people. And it's like, we are so um, isolated here, I think, in America. We, we are so unaware of what really is happening in, in most of the world. And when you get out of this bubble that we live in and you start seeing, you know, the faces and looking in the eyes of these, of these women and these people that are living in horrific circumstances, it, it is, it is mind boggling and it really, it, it's really changing people's thinking and making them this awareness piece is so important because I think we don't think beyond our own walls so many times. And when you're sharing like even this widow, it's like, we can't, we, it's hard to fathom that that really happens, but it is happening more and more, and it, is, it happens a lot more than we even want to acknowledge. It really is. It's tremendous, and it, it goes to help people even understand, which was wonderful for me to hear, just the hope-filled promise mm-hmm. of what is coming about and the change that is being made in history and how it's be, being rewritten because of the fact that there's now justice there. And, you know, we sometimes forget about that because we have it here. I mean, we have it so easily that justice comes to us. And yeah. so I think just to be able to see the hope of that being provided from, I mean, that's just you you both taking time to be able to hear this today and the listeners that are hearing it. I mean, think of how we're broadening the sphere of just people that are aware. And, and if half of those people did something about it and became a freedom partner with IJM, I mean, it'd be amazing to see where we would be just a couple of years from now where this would be probably at least a quarter, if not half of the issue that it is now. And that's where the hope comes in because everybody listening has a chance to rewrite history. And, you know, I love that phrase, rewrite history, because I think we all want to know that we matter and that we have a voice. And sometimes these issues um, can be so overwhelming and seem like, what can one person do or what can I do? And Patty and I are so passionate about really rallying others together to to do the remarkable. And what IJM and what you are doing and so many others is truly remarkable. And I know we have we have about a, a minute left until we, we take a break, but we would love you to stay on with us. And we want to even keep taking it farther than, like you said, there's the awareness and there's the education, which we want to keep doing and casting that vision, but there's also what people can do. Because it's not just enough to know, it's, we need to activate what we know to really make a difference. And one person really can make a difference, and, and you've been sharing that. And even that gal you just shared how her story, and now she's working, so people can use their pain, and out of that pain, significant things can happen for the good and to really empower others and to really change So stay with us, and we're going to keep talking with Susan, and we're going to talk about ways that we can even take this step further and activate things that we can all do.
This is Girlfriended on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Are you going through a crisis? Do you have a tough question you want an answer to? This is your show. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Brilliant Essence speaks to the empowerment of women to find their highest power. Your host, Astrid Stromberg, channels answers to the toughest questions women ask of themselves. Issues ranging from divorce to gifted children to am I safe to fly to where's my soulmate, your life's mission, your lucky streak, and your highest self all come to life with Brilliant Essence. Astrid specializes in spirit communication and spirit life empowerment. She is the founder of Brilliant Essence and contributor to the book Living Our Soul Map. Unleashing the Warrior Goddess Within. For more information on Astrid and Brilliant Essence, go to BrilliantEssence.com. Giving you the power to be. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonburg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we have Susan, our girlfriend that we're a girlfriend logging with, just trying to um, make others aware of what's going on, um, not only here in our own states, but around the world. And Susan, you have brought up some great topics, and you kind of um, led into some success stories. Uh, we would love to hear a, another story, because I, I love what you said, just the freedom aspect. If more of us got involved and we all um, just kind of did our fighters. Yes, we are freedom fighters, and we all just did our part. So give us another one of your success stories. Absolutely. And, and I want to, before we have to go, say, for people, please go to our website. If this kind of intrigues you or interests you at all, it's IJM.org, and again, that's I, International J for Justice, M for Mission.org, and I say that because we actually have a Freedom Partner program. There's incredible stories on there and things that I could never be able to share in this time that we have, but you would be amazed by it, and so just go to that, but I, you know, one of the other things to share about as we talk about really, um, I always look at these when I go over and visit with our clients and those that are right on the front lines in the field, I always think these are such modern-day Bravehearts. You know, when you think about the movie Braveheart is one of my favorites, and I think about, you know, Mel Gibson charging across the battlefield for freedom. And we tend to think that, as you mentioned, slavery is kind of, isn't that back in the books? And it's, it's very old school, and there's not slavery today. And it's, it's slavery in the way that, I mean, I'll tell you a story, there's a, a couple who ended up where, because they owed money, they ended up being bonded laborers at a rock quarry. And this is a situation where they're, here they are, they're working sometimes 12, 14, 16 hours. And this isn't just 
a man or a woman. Often this is a family because, again, they owe money. They have nowhere to pay it off because they've been, you know, they have they have hardly anything, and so much has been taken from them because there's not justice there. And so they're working 12, 14, 16 hours a day, six, seven days a week, in vain to repay a loan. And they maybe mm-hmm. took out a loan four years earlier, but the owner of the rock quarry is powerful and they're violent. And so they have to work at this every single day. I mean, can you imagine an eight-year-old, if you have kids, your child having a whole um, wheelbarrow that's full of bricks. And I mean, their body isn't even fully developed, and yet they're doing this every single day. The families, the young children, and many of them even said that they didn't think they'd ever see life outside of that, that that's probably where they would die. Yeah. They're, they're working in this where they're blasting apart rocks that are they're being crushed into gravel, and, and so they think that they're going to pay this off. But the slave owner really has it that they're never going to pay it off because he just, you know, there's not anybody to make sure that their records are legal and this is how much you owe and they don't know how much they, you know, they're paid. And so it just goes on and on. And if they ever escape from the rock quarry, they're tracked down they're brought back, they're tied to a pole and beaten in front of all the others as a way to hear anybody else to run away. So this is another story where after five months, and just a mere five months from their release, the government dispersed the money that should be allocated for victims of forced labor, that IJM, I mean, we have these incredible undercover investigators that will risk their lives and go in with, you know, they have cameras hidden underneath, they have they have to really risk their lives to go in and be undercover, pretending that they want to, you know, hire some or do some work with them and to be able to see this and get all this documentation so that they can go. But it ended up where sometimes it takes months, you know, to get money to our clients. But this gave this couple money back and enabled them to open up a a shop in their village where they sell snacks and small household goods. And usually, a, a, just to give you a, a snapshot of what the difference is, is a single day's earnings from their shop is more than they would have made in an entire week doing the back-breaking work in this rock quarry. And so these are the situations. And, you know, sometimes it's so intense and evil that you don't want to look at it. But as I said, you know, there's, there's so many different organizations out there. But if this is one that you think, I want to do something about it, and people, you know, as you said, may feel overwhelmed or what can I do? Well, I always say, you know, if it was my child that was being trafficked into sex or being sold into slavery of bonded slavery or whatever was the injustice, I wouldn't want somebody to say, well, that's just one. I'd want, I'd think, well, that's my one. And so I just really implore people to think of it in that way. And Gary Haugen always makes a great statement where if we choose to do nothing, chances are nothing will happen. But if Mm -hmm. we choose to do something, chances are good that something will happen. And I just think that's so true because of the fact, you know, $50 a month, I've seen some people give that times 10, and some people will pool together and give $10 each so they can eat, you know, they can all be freedom partners at $50 a month. But it's amazing on what that does, and I just ask people, you know, think about, can you imagine where if two years from now you hear about this and how the reports are how this has decreased and to say you've had a handprint on that. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to we do want to matter. We've said that several times. And, and there are ways that we can do this. And, and I think so many times what 
once we hear these things, and like I, I loved how you said at the beginning that you went to this, you know, a dinner and heard about this, and it just touched your soul and you had to do something. And I think that's what the challenge is, is with people. Like, we have to do something. And it's not out of reach to change. And to change, if it's one life at a time, it's one community at a time, it's one job at a time, it can happen. And each one of those, like you said, that one is so significant. And so and instead of looking at the masses, which can be overwhelming, let's just break it down into one at a time. And before you know it, that one equals, you know, a thousand. And, and it, it is encouraging when you hear that because I think we – you know, you, you turn on the news and you turn on different things and you hear all the darkness that's going on and all the, it's, it's depressing and all the, the oppression that's happening, but there are some incredible things that are happening, some incredible stories, and that's what's exciting about IJM because they are doing incredible things. You're seeing the, the success stories. You're hearing those. You're seeing lives that are transformed and changed, and not just lives but communities. And I will say so many of these, I mean, thank you for saying that, because so many of these countries want to survive on their own. Mm -hmm. And yet I think we haven't always put together the path of if justice was in place, how many of the countries where there's no food or they're taken out of their homes would have happened where rather than, you know, for instance, if somebody brings food to them, their food or if a home is built, it can be stolen because there's not justice in place. But if there was justice in place, first you have to ask yourself the question, would all of that need be to have to be given there because of the fact that those issues wouldn't have ever happened? And, that's and, that, and so that's where it's so important for people to realize is that we're not just rescuing, right, but we yeah. are bringing justice to these countries where... For, again, if somebody builds a home, but then the, as soon as, you know, the home's built, these property grabbers steal it, and then they benefit from it, it'll just keep, re, you know, surfacing, where we're really working with the government and the police so that the the or the perpetrators being prosecuted. I mean, they're getting years and years in jail. And so can you imagine that all of a sudden where if I have a brothel, and now I'm going to. I'm looking at 13 to 15 to 20 some years in prison. In in and I can tell you, when you're over in a Cambodian prison, it's not so fun. It's not you know not that it is in the states, but let's face it, our prisons here are very different than there. But so right. when they're looking at, okay, if I'm going to traffic these young little girls, with some of them being as young as four and five years old, mm. they really have to look at it and say, hmm. This means prison for me because now I've got justice coming after me in the name of IJM and my police and government. I mean, this is a, it has a whole different meaning. And so just even in 2009, do you know that there were 16 brothels that were closed down because of IJM? Wow. See, yeah, and isn't that, that something? I mean, that is really neat. Cause, and, I, and I love what you said because so many times we're, we're, you know, waving the flag and we want to attack injustice, but we can't. Ad- attack injustice until we put justice in place. So that's such a great way um, to position that. And so many times we want to rely on our government, and I'm not going to go Glenn Beck on you or anything, but um, <laughs> we, we want to rely on the government. And it is about every individual getting involved because it's not going to happen unless, we, you know, we the people take a stance and help put that justice in place. Well, and the thing, just listening to what, what you guys do and IJM does, it's not a Band-Aid effect. It truly is getting to the heart of the issue, and I like the whole thing with justice, because you can go in there, like you said, and you can rescue people, but you haven't gotten down to really the core of the issue, and, and that is establishing justice and 
I love how you guys go in and you, like you say, you, you use the nationals because it can't be from the outside just coming in and then when we're, while we're there kind of stirring it and leaving, it's got to come from their own and their own communities where they're, it's a paradigm shift. It's, it's educating them and training them to go, this is not acceptable. This is not appropriate. This is not how we treat people and how we live. And so just educating and training them and letting them know what is tolerated and what is not. So I love that, just that holistic approach that you guys take so it's not a quick fix or just a Band-Aid. Um, I, I do, too, believe me. I mean, that was one of the things, because I really looked at IJM hard before, you know, signing up with them, because I said, you know, sign me up, and then I thought, you know, I, I really, as I'm going out, want to know all the things about this organization, and I have to say, the longer I'm with them, the more impressed I am because of whether it's what great stewards of the dollars that we are or all the way to the fact that justice is really putting the the bad and the evil out of business that yeah. it won't return because that's what's so critical. And and even when you see it spreading, you know, to the states, you know, I can't help but wonder, you know, if a lot of this was ceased, you know, at that because a lot of times they are, they're trafficking girls back and forth from countries, but there's that element in there that's involved. And so for me, I just, you know, I, I would love it if just every listener gave, you know, $10 today because you know how many young children and widows and families that would rescue? And that's the kind of momentum that I just think, oh, if we can keep that going, this could be something that literally we could look back at and say, remember back in 2010 when that was, a, you know, when that was an issue and look at it now. Well, we only have one minute left, and you said um, for some of our listeners, we did have one listener that suggested that we go into the town hall and do a hanging. So um, I just thought I would throw <laughs> that at you. Well, tell them I love that passion. They're definitely a justice warrior. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's tell. just a nerve. Um, but we do have your information on our website as well, and we just so appreciate you coming on the show with us, Susan. And I have to tell you, it would be really cool if IJM took a look at what's going on in Nevada with some of the brothels that are still legal there. And we did some research on that, and it was amazing because the town people actually voted them there to stay because it's such a money-making, you know, machine. So just just seems irrational to us. Can't figure it out, but they, they still exist. But we just want to thank you so much, Susan. We're going to have to have you back again, and this time we will um, pronounce your name right. Well, you know what? I love you unconditionally, and I just, you know, I, I love what you two are doing, and yeah, yay to the Yaya Sisterhood. Thanks, <laughs> girlfriend. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap. And the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on Togginet, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. 
On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion-savvy, and earth-friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon Central Time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it in no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Colwell and Corey Colwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the green with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon Central Time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we are glad that you are back with us, and we hope that you have curled up with a mug with whatever you love. We've been talking with Susan from IJM, an international um, movement to help stop sex trafficking, and many other incredible things. And like we said earlier, you can find out a little bit more about them on our Girlfriend at website. But we want to switch gears a little bit here and talk a little bit about our passion points, which is Branded Phoenix. And you can find out more information about them as well by going to brandedphoenix.com or streetlights.com. And we just want to go back several years ago of why we got involved in this area. So today we are talking about rape for profit, and it just... Yeah, it, is, it covers so many different levels here. So many different levels. And um, several years ago, we started going into some of the local strip clubs, which um, I know some of you, that, that brings a chuckle, a little smile on your face. Uh, and um, <laughs> <laughs> we actually had a fantastic time doing this, mainly because we would go in there and just meet some of the gals and just let them know that uh, – they work really hard at what they do, and we just wanted to... Be their cheerleaders and just say, you know what, we, we, we just love you for who you are. And, and here's a gift, and if you ever want to talk, if you ever want to go out for coffee, um, just give us a call. And, and by doing that, we met a lot of gals that we are, are really close girlfriends with now. And um, once again, we just wanted them to know that there are other choices, other options out there, that that's really hard work, and um, maybe they might want to choose you know, different areas of, of life to get into because most of them, like 99.9, maybe even 110% of them, are very unhappy um, in doing um, that kind of work. So and it's about offering hope, you know, and that's what we've been talking about today is how do we extend hope in, in, in very dark places of the world, and we were talking about that earlier with Susan. 
And we went into, uh, like, porn conventions out in Nevada and some brothels out in Nevada. And we just really, like Lisa said, we want to just give them hope. And um, in doing that, we also got involved with Branded Phoenix, who their, their main job is just to make others aware of what's going on um, from the average age of 13 years old um, onto whatever, but they were focusing mainly on teenagers and the rate for profit that's going on right here in our own backyard and, and right down the street from us. And we just had story after story as we got involved and, and met some of these gals as well, well as the moms um, that are having to endure this. Uh, I know, well, and I think sometimes we think it's just isolated. It, it only affects the girls. But it, it really is affecting our whole community because obviously men are involved with it and the moms. And we've looked in the eyes of some of these moms and just seen these blank stares because the pain is so deep and so profound. And it's one of those things, like Susan was saying earlier, when you become aware of some of these things, it's really hard to turn around and walk the other way. Yeah. And for us, we couldn't do that. Well, and Branded has just recently, um, the John Bill was passed where... I, we, we even talked about it, where all of a sudden it's not just a misdemeanor anymore when these Johns get caught with underage girls, but it's also it, now it's a felony. And that just seems just absolutely insane that it wasn't a felon. Well, and what, what is so cool about Brandon Phoenix, and one, reason, one of the many reasons we were drawn to them, is it's like with IJM, it's, it's kind of the, it's working with community leaders and church leaders. So it really is involving the whole community that they – working with the vice squad officers, and, you know, and even recently what was interesting, because in our own community in, in Phoenix, um, you know, we're having horrible economic times, and our, and our budget is just horrible, and so they were looking at eliminating some key positions, and even some of the vice squad officers' jobs were um, going to be on the chopping block, and so it was an opportunity for people, branded Phoenix used their influence and, and their reach and rallied, you know, people in the churches, people in the community, and they signed a petition, were able to save these guys' jobs. Yeah. And that is so significant. When you really do see that you can make a difference, and what we love, what we're passionate about is really rallying others to do the remarkable. And so when you do start rallying people one at a time, two at a time, and you come together, and you do see that you can change things, and you can make a difference. Well, a perfect example, we'll just start with um, a gal that, uh, a young gal, I believe she was 16 at the time, she was actually abducted at the mall. And people think, oh, that's happening in lower economic areas. And it's happening everywhere. It doesn't matter uh, what color skin you have. It doesn't matter your social status. It, it's truly just happening everywhere. And this was in, at, at a, a mall in an upper-class area. And she literally had a, a truck pull up, and these guys took her. And for several months, um, they sold her for profit. They brought her to a hotel, and she was raped, you know, more times than she could ever even talk about. And then she was actually able to get away from them, which this is um, pretty abnormal because they, they scare these gals to the point where they know exactly where they live. They know, you know, brothers and sisters, and they threaten them. Um, with, we'll burn your little sister or we'll pour hot oil on your mom. I mean, just all kinds of bizarre things that they will, um, you know, use scare tactics. And she was able to get away, but then she was abducted again, and this time she was sold into another state. 
Um, in, in the state of Florida, they did a sting operation. They were able to get this gal out, and apparently it's pretty common for the pimps to trade the gals uh, to get them away from their homes so mm-hmm. they can't escape. And through all of this, her pimp was actually um, uh, was arrested and then uh, did a plea bargain, I, I believe, for almost 20 years. Well, what happened to her the second time, too, which... Um, what is what is pretty common is a pimp will well they they tattoo but it's called branding the girl and so what it is is like a it's a massive tattoo with either the pimp's name or whatever that they put on their on their neck and so this gal was had a branding mark put on her neck from this pimp which which what is significant about that is is she no longer is a person she is now a piece of property mm-hmm. to be sold so it communicates to other other pimps other people that she's a piece of property so her life is in danger while this branded mark is on her neck. And so uh, she was going through the process of getting um, this branded mark removed. A, a plastic surgeon was volunteering her services to help her. And that's what's significant about branded because it really is that holistic approach. Because when these gals have endured this and experienced this, it's really even hard to fathom the stories. You, you, it sounds like it's out of a movie or something or it's, you know, it, it can't happen. But it, it what, what they need then, they need... They need counseling. They need education. They're just not going to go jump back into school like life is normal with their friends. I mean, mm-hmm. they've, they've experienced something that they don't even know how to process. Mm-hmm. I mean, who would? And then you have the family dynamics, because how do you blend back in with your family? So they really have to go through a lot of detoxing, so to speak, but they also have to be in a safe place because, like you said earlier, the pimps can find them or they will run mm-hmm. and and because they've been so brainwashed. Well, and you, and you're sitting there in some of these court cases. I know this this one judge actually asked the girl, um, "Why couldn't you go get a job at the mall like other 16 year old girls?" Yeah. And I thought, really, that's how uneducated we are to think that this gal can come out of this situation and go into normal living and go get a job at the mall. Which, if you really Kill the onion back. That's probably where she got abducted in the first place. Well, and share the mall thing because that that hits even close to home. Because I know sometimes when we when we share these stories, and I know this is such a heavy topic that we're really talking about. But it, you know, it is one of those things that you can either choose to discredit or ignore, or you can say, "I'm going to be a part of the solution." And I live in this community, and I'm not. It's not in our community. Is this going to happen? Um, but even if what, what happens so many times is, is that the malls, they target and they use other kids to lure other kids in. Mm-hmm. And I know you were sharing, we went to a, a screening for Branded a few months ago, and, you know, it was one of those very, it was very raw and real, and we don't want to see that, but we need to see these things. And we really need, because I remember my stomach was in knots mm-hmm. watching it, and that's the reaction you want because it's like it stirs you enough to go, okay, I'm not going to tolerate this. Right, it makes you sick. But you even shared it with, with your daughter. Well, I did end up sharing it with my daughter who was um, actually 13 at the time. And um, she, I, I asked her if she wanted to bring another um, friend of hers along, and the mom said that, that she didn't really want her to see that. Well, it ended up that this particular friend was at the mall with several other friends, and sure enough, they did get approached by two gals and a guy that said, um, you guys are beautiful. We would love to take some pictures of you. And um, what, what 13, 14, 15-year-old doesn't, girl doesn't want to hear that? Oh, exactly. Oh, you, you have so tickled her ears. Oh, yeah. And this gal knew that that's what we had been, you know, doing. And she informed her friends, hey, 
they they want to they're luring us into doing some other things and the the other girls were in total denial they said absolutely not we don't look like prostitutes and so they literally thought you know that yeah. they look like prostitutes that's why they approached them rather than realizing no they're trying to lure whoever they can um and and they know what they're looking for they know if someone looks has that I can be a victim, yeah. you know, look, which is just really, really sad. But as we talked about earlier, there's so much money in this ball game that um, it's happening. I know one of the Vice Squad guys said that it's happening at every single mall, every hour, every minute. So I think what we're wanting, just as we, as we kind of land, land here, is if we want, you know, if you're a mom out there, you know, listen, be aware, make yourself aware what's happening in our communities and, and taking care of each other and just educating, having conversations with your daughters um, so that they don't, they don't become vulnerable to this and they can really see what is really, really going on and that no one is immune. We can't say, well, that will happen to somebody else somewhere else. And it's like, no, it, you know, it can happen here, like you said, even with your own daughter's friends. And so I think it, it, it's becoming aware and really are so passionate about rallying others to do the remarkable. And on, I know on our website, girlfriended.com, we're going to keep the dialogue going. We have information on how to get a hold of IJM. We can continue these dialogues, and we would just love to even hear your feedback and just help you become more aware. And I know coming up in a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Pat with Branded Phoenix coming on and sharing in more detail some of these stories because I think you got to keep this, this message out there and keep it going, even, even though it's heavy. And it's hard to hear. It is so necessary because we and there is there is hope. And I think that's the message you want to leave. That we don't have to tolerate it, and we can band together and make a difference. Absolutely. So check out our website, girlfriendit.com. Visit our site anytime. We would love to keep dialoguing and, as we say, girlfriendologging with you. We just want to thank you for being with us on the show today, and stay tuned for next Thursday as we are rallying women to do the remarkable. Add your it. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.